Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Right, guys, welcome back for another episode. I know I said last episode I get to my NFL predictions next episode because I said last episode, yeah, I wanted to get to my NFL predictions today. I'll hold that off for next episode. Next episode, it's going to happen. I'm just hoping I can get an episode out tomorrow. Like, I'm not going to risk waiting to the end of the day because sometimes I'll have nothing going on all day and I'll say, yeah, I'm just going to do a podcast later. And I wait and I wait and then it turns out we have something going on because that's how my family rolls. We do last minute stuff or they just don't tell me. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to this place like last minute. So I'm going to make sure I do a podcast early tomorrow. So that way I don't risk it because I really want to get these predictions out there. I don't want to waste any time. Hopefully no big news comes out because that prediction episode is probably going to take up one full episode. So if some big news comes out too, it's just going to end up being too long. But if there is some big news, I'll probably get to that and the predictions. I just really need to get these predictions out there. But in today's episode, we are going to be discussing some of the 53-man roster cuts. Uh, We're going to go through the whole Patriots roster real quickly, and then we're going to go to the more significant cuts for like every team and talk about those. I'm not going to talk about every single Patriots cut, just the more significant ones, just because most of you are Patriots fans. But for those of you who aren't, or just general NFL fans, we're going to get to pretty much the most significant cuts for every single team. Then I want to talk about the LaShawn McCoy cut. He gets picked up. Then I want to talk about the Kiko Alonso trade. And then I want to talk about the Texans' big three trades that they made. Three big trades, you made the JV and Clowney trade, the Laramie Tunsil trade, and the Carlos Hyde trade. I want to get to all of those. Busy day for the Texans yesterday. And the Dolphins, I can see you throwing the Seahawks, the Chiefs. Pretty much every team was busy yesterday, uh, it felt like, in the NFL. So first, we are going to start with some of the more significant cuts that we heard yesterday in the NFL. So let's get to that. Okay, so I know most of you are Patriots fans. Now listen, if you aren't, don't worry. I'm going to get to some of the bigger cuts around the league. Hopefully, I can get to a cut or two on your team. I can't go through every single team, every single cut, because that would just be way too long. I don't know every single player that was cut Uh, unfortunately. So first, I'm just going to start off with the Patriots and every single, pretty much every single cut they they made. I'm not going to talk about every cut, but I'm just going to give like a quick thought. This shouldn't be too long of a segment. I'm going to go through pretty much the whole Patriots, not give my thought on every single player, but, and then I'll hopefully get at least one or two the players from every single team. I'm not sure if I'll be able to do every single team. Some teams don't have any significant cuts at all. But I'll look. I'll try to find somebody, at least one or two, sometimes more. But first, we're just going to start out with the Patriots. They cut Andrew Beck, Braxton Berrios. Berrios is one that had – he had a very good camp. And that one didn't surprise me too much. But I kind of looked at that one and said, uh, he did good in camp. I thought Bill Belichick liked him. A bit uh, shocking, but – not not too shocking, consider how deep that depth chart is. Uh, Calvin Munson, Steven Anderson, Eric Saubert, cutting a lot of tight ends here. Ufoma Kamula, who had a very good uh, last two weeks in the preseason, especially that week three, he was very good. So that one didn't shock me too much either, but he did have a good preseason. Uh, kind of like Berrios in his uh, training camp. 
hopefully, you know, that proves something to another roster. Tyree St. Louis, uh, offensive lineman Cedric Lang, David Perry, Ryan Davis, A.J. Brown, Brian Hoyer. That one surprised me a bit. I thought we were going to carry three quarterbacks. You're obviously not going to cut Tom Brady. I knew they weren't going to cut Stidham. And I won't lie, I doubted they would cut Hoyer. But they cut Hoyer. So they have that shows confidence in Jarrett Stidham, that they are confident this guy can be the backup. Obviously, with Tom Brady, you don't, you know, this is a knock on wood. He's been a, outside that one uh, injury that he had back in 2008. He's been able to stay durable his whole career. He's able to play week in and week out. So they have confidence in Stidham to hold up that backup job. I don't think Tom Brady's very happy about that. Hoyer's his guy. He feels like Stidham's the next Jimmy G, which should fire up Tom Brady and all. But Tom Brady, that Brian Hoyer felt like Tom Brady's guy, you know? And Jared Stidham felt like that young guy, uh, his successor, if you will. And that's why Tom Brady liked, probably liked Hoyer a lot more. So I was surprised they cut Hoyer. I thought they were going to carry three, but clearly Stidham showed them a lot, and they're going to carry two. Demarius Thomas. This is one of the biggest cuts we heard all um, out of this whole thing. And the reason it was so big is just because Demarius Thomas is a big name. I mean, it was just a few years ago. He's a very good wi- uh, wide receiver now. He went to Houston, didn't really work out there. He suffered injuries. Now, a lot of people, I was a little questionable, like, why did we cut him? He after the week he just had no given, you know, he's facing third, second and third stringers, but still, I mean, you know, you put up two touchdowns on seven catches and a half. I mean, that felt like Demarius Thomas locked up a roster spot right there. Now he's obviously coming off the pup, and it felt like the Patriots I felt like when the Patriots cut him, I kind of thought about this. And my dad mentioned this to me. Maybe he was just the Josh Gordon replacement. They're, they have somewhat similar play styles. I did not think Demarius Thomas was really the next kind of Patriot receiver. He didn't really fit the mold, in my opinion. But I was a little surprised they cut him after the week he just had. Given it's against second and third stringers, I did think he might earn a slip on a roster spot and then get cut later in the year. But Bill Belichick said, you know what, I'm just going to cut him here. I think that was the Josh Gordon replacement. But then again, we have to think about it. If he's a Josh Gordon replacement, why would they have even played Demarius Thomas that last week? Why not give a guy like Braxton Berrios more snaps? Just what I'm thinking. So I don't know, but I do think that is a good thought. Maybe that was the Josh Gordon replacement, just in case he didn't return. And then they cut running back Nick Brissett. He got way too many carries all over the preseason. I felt like Belichick liked him with the amount of carries he was giving him. Brissett just didn't show me anything good. Again, all his good runs came when there was a gaping hole. Like anyone, any running back in the league can get a good run when there's a gaping hole. It's about how how many yards can you create yourself? You know, can you be that third and one guy? Can you be that goal line guy? Can you be that you know, receiving back we need. Brissett really showed me nothing except he can run well when he gets a gaping hole. Anyone in the league can do that. Do not blame them for cutting Nick Brissett, despite all the carries he got throughout the preseason. Cole Croston cut as well. James Ferenc, Tyler Gauthier, Therese Hall, Trent Harris, Martez Ivy, Jakob Johnson, fullback, by the way. They didn't think he'd make the roster. He got James Devlin. 
You don't need two fullbacks. One is Max. Damoon Patterson. No more Damoon jokes. It's a bit uh, bit disappointing. But Christian Sam. Dan Skipper. You brought in Skipper a few weeks ago. I thought he'd make the roster just because I felt like he was depth. You just brought him in. So that one surprised me a little, but not too bad, too much. Nick Thurman, Ken Webster, seventh round pick, I think is the only one you cut that you actually spent a draft pick on. You spent him in the seventh round. I just didn't. I like Ken Webster because I think he brings potential out of Ole Miss, but I just don't think he'll ever get the necessary reps to really develop into the player that you want. So I don't blame him for cutting him. And then Scooby Wright who had a very good week four, but to Demarius Thomas. So clearly that didn't matter too much to Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So those are some of their uh, all their cuts. So now we're going to get to some of the bigger ones for every team. If I pause here for a little bit, I'm sorry. I'm just looking through some of these lists. I've already skimmed them once, but I just want to make sure I don't miss anyone big. Some of the Bills' bigger cuts, Tyree Jackson, they picked him in the draft. Captain Munnerlin. <laughs> Uh, LaShawn McCoy, I'm getting to McCoy. McCoy is a big cut, and I think, you know, Demarius Thomas, yeah, but LaShawn McCoy is a very big cut. He's one that was picked up. I'm going to get to him right after the segment. So just hold on off on LaShawn McCoy. They cut Samachu. Uh, that, that one, so they made some big cuts. Uh, they cut Christian Wade, which... That one, that one's sad of it. And Christian Wade did not have a bad preseason. He's one of those nice stories that unfortunately came to an end. That one, that was unfortunate. I do hope Christian Wade gets another chance on an NFL roster. Because that would be a nice story. I think it's a bit of an overrated story, but nonetheless a good one. The Dolphins, uh, they had a bit of a busy day. Uh with the Laramie Tunsil trade and whatnot, but they cut guys like Bryce Butler. They cut Dwayne Allen. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, Dwayne Allen was just on your team. So just a few. So they didn't like him either. If he's not good enough for Miami, I don't know what he's good for. Uh, we'll move on to the New York Jets here. They cut Elijah McGuire. Uh, he's been on the team for a, a bit, I do think. He's more of a depth running back. They cut Jack. Yake Polite, Jake, I don't know how to say his first name, but he went right before Chase Winovich. Third pick, 68th overall. Like he went beginning of the third round. And I heard the, I think it was like their linebackers coach or somebody, not their GM, but somebody wanted Polite really bad. So they picked him for that player and then he got cut. I liked Polite. I think he brings potential. I would not be that mad if the Patriots put him up on the practice squad because I think he brings potential. Like you're getting picked in the third round. I wouldn't mind if the Patriots uh, picked him up. I would if I were a GM pick him up and at least throw him on the practice squad because I think he brings potential despite just being cut. But they also cut two quarterbacks, Luke Fault and Davis Webb. Uh, two of those guys, I remember, they played in the preseason. They were kind of their uh, third and fourth stringers there, so... Clearly didn't need them. They also cut their punter, Matt Dar. Moving on to the Ravens. Let's see if they made any relevant moves. They kicked, uh, they cut kicker Elliot Fry. You have Justin Tucker. You really don't need a backup. Uh, Jalen Smith, they also cut him. They cut Michael Floyd. Uh, I don't really see anyone else. That is very... Um, that really matters, I guess you could say. But Michael Floyd used to be on the Patriots as well. I'll stop making Patriots references. The three biggest ones there are Elliot Fry, Jalen Smith, Michael Floyd. 
The Bengals, they cut Curtis Aikens, Christian Ringo, Malik Jeff. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bengals, I, I just don't, I don't really, uh, care about any of these guys, I guess that's what you could say. No, no offense, but I mean, moving on, I guess. Cleveland Browns, they cut punter Britton Colquitt, uh, linebacker Ray Ray Armstrong, Mm, Seth DeValve, tight end. He could also play some fullback. Uh, they cut Braxton Miller, Dontrell Meander. Moving on to the Steelers. Jeez, there's no one interesting in this division. Oh, they cut Eli Rogers. Moving on. That's that's it. That, that's all we need to know. They cut Eli Rogers. It's the only one I care about on that team somewhat. Texans cut Brian Anger. He's a pretty good punter. That's like literally what we're what we're talking about right now, punters. We're talking about punters, okay? Nope, no one else I care about. Uh, Colts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I don't. I. They cut Charkandrick West. Okay, they cut Charkandrick West. Used to play for the Chiefs. Like I'm just going through this. This is just a time to laugh. Okay, just watch me. Waste their time, I guess. But I just want to. There are some interesting names coming up that I want to get to. Uh, Jaguars cut Thomas Rawls, uh, Alex McCoff. I don't know. I just threw out a name right there. I no interest in any of these guys. The Titans cut Jeremy McNichols, Cody Hollister, Logan Woodside. That's about it. <laughs> the Broncos cut Sua Craven, Stephen Dunbar, Brendan Langley. Oh, they, they cut Chaz Green. Remember, he uh, embarrassed himself on the Cowboys a few, like two seasons ago. Anyway, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go through to the bigger cuttings that I want to get to. Raiders cut uh, linebacker Brandon Marshall. Uh, let's see who else did I want to get to here. Just run through the names. New York Giants cut Kyle Lalletta. They kept Alex Tanny. Wouldn't do that if I were them. Take Kyle Lalletta. If he does anything else stupid off the field, cut him and get uh, Alec, another Alex Tanny. Because there's 100 Alex Tannies out there. I'd go with the guy with the higher ceiling, Kyle Lalletta. Probably doesn't matter, but whatever. The Eagles cut Eli Harold. Uh, Orlando Scandrick, Kevin Wilkins, Will Ty. They had some guys there, but other than that, there's no one really. Uh, at least I'm, unless I'm missing somebody. No, not that I, not that I uh, know of. Uh, Redskins, really, uh, no one, no one for the Redskins really that catches uh, my eye. Uh, the Bears gotta have someone in here, right? No. Okay. Lions, cut T's Tarber. Other than T, that was one of the bigger names to get cut. Him, Tommy Lee Lewis, who's the guy who got the pass, didn't get the pass interference call in the NFC Championship game. Other than that, no one that really catches my eye. Uh, Packers, cut uh, the one that I actually want to get to, two actually. One was their quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser. I love the Kaiser pick that the Browns made in the second round a few years ago, but the Browns just ruined him. He goes to Green Bay. I think his career 
pretty much over at this point. He might get one or two more uh, chances in the league, but he, uh, unfortunately, that might be a scar left forever and is from the Browns. And Sam Ficken, they cut him. He was their kicker, so they brought him in. He had a pretty good camp. He looked really good in the preseason. And Macy Crosby, getting paid $4 million to be a kicker, he's starting to get really inconsistent. And they decided to keep Crosby and cut Sam Ficken. Probably, you probably don't care unless you're a Packers fan, but that move actually actually surprised me a little. I thought they'd go with the thick in there, but I was wrong. Uh, Vikings, no one. No one that I care about. No, 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 no one. Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, that's it. I missed him. I was going to say, like, because I, I kind of read it like this, someone I'm missing. They cut wide receiver Laquan, Tre, Laquan Treadwell. Um, Falcons. Cut Danny Etling. Only know him if you're a Patriots fan. Sorry. I'm sorry. They cut kicker Blair Walsh as well. Uh, Panthers. Cameron Artis Payne. Okay. They cut Cameron Artis Payne. He's been there for a bit. Other than that, I really don't care. Uh, Saints. They cut Jaquiz Rogers. He played for the Bucks for a few seasons. He was so disappointing. The Saints said, you know what? We'll bring you into our system. Maybe you can do something. And they were wrong. They also cut AJ Derby. And we'll throw out another name. Uh, Kayvon Webster. Okay, moving on. Uh, the Buccaneers cut... Kicker, Caro Santos. Okay. Just trying to throw a name out there. The Cardinals made uh they cut Pharaoh Cooper. They cut they cut someone else. Ricky Seals Jones. And they cut punter Ryan Winslow. God, this is just the dumbest segment ever, but I thought this would age a little better, but it didn't. Los Angeles Rams cut No one. No one that anyone cares about. Yeah. No one. 49ers cut... Please just be somebody. Quinton Rollins. They cut Quinton Rollins. They cut Jordan Matthews. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. And then the Seahawks. Just just get me out of here. They cut Paxton Lynch. Jazz Ferguson. Cassius March. Jamie Meter. JT Barrett. Jacob Hollister. They made so JD McKissick. They cut some guys that I actually know. That was a good ending. Okay, that was a good ending. I knew some guys there that were actually relevant that other people would care about us. Well, I probably missed a few players. I just skimmed through some of these lists. Uh, so I know that was kind of a that was a 16 minute segment. Wow. So that was probably a very weird segment that either you guys skipped. Or you guys just laughed with along with me if you did that. Thank you. Now we're gonna move on to the interesting stuff. Okay, that was I. That did not age well. Okay, that did not age well. Okay, there were good little parts in there, but other than that, it was just me sitting. Uh, yeah, no one I care about. So now we are going to move on to some of the bigger moves, like LeSean McCoy gets cut by the Bills. That's the big cut that I want to talk about because then he was picked up. So I want to talk about that, the Kiko Alonso trade, the Texans' big three trades they made. So uh, first, we're going to start with the LaShawn McCoy cut by the Bills, signing by the Chiefs. So let's get to that.
Okay, so yesterday the Buffalo Bills decided to cut LaShawn McCoy. And you're probably saying, why don't you just add this along with your, you know, last segment that totally failed. And I say, because then he was picked up, I want to talk about that. I really want to go kind of in depth on this. It won't be, you know, too, too long, but I want to just talk about it. So this was surprisingly, like, I didn't really realize this, but last year's the first season, LaShawn McCoy didn't make the Pro Bowl since 2012. I swear he didn't make it in 2017. I thought 2016 was the last time he made it. Turns out he made it last year in 2017. But this 2018-2019 season, no, wasn't even close. He had 14 games played, 13 started. He had 161 rushing attempts for 514 yards, three rushing touchdowns, 3.2 yards per attempt. He's never rushed for less than four yards per attempt in a season. Last season was an absolute flop. I mean, he had 36 yards basically a game, almost 37. And then he had 34 receptions for 238 yards and no touchdowns. Now, we have to do it, sit here and say to ourselves, it's hard for a running back to really have a long career. I mean, he's 31 now. As a running back, running backs do not age well. They have a good few, you know, years. Like, LaShawn McCoy, to do what he's done for so long, like, his rookie season was solid. In 2009, I mean, he's had eight really good seasons. This first season was solid. This last season, I wouldn't really... The first and last seasons he's had were not great. But, I mean, he sustained some success. I do have to give LaShawn McCoy credit for that. And he's 31. And you have to remember, LaShawn McCoy was playing behind a poor O-line... In Buffalo, he was playing with a poor passing attack. You know, it was easy to game plan against Buffalo because he's one of their only weapons. They didn't have any weapons in the passing game. You know, Josh Allen wasn't a great wasn't a great quarterback last season. Their own line wasn't very good, and LaShawn McCoy's aging at the same time as well. So it was tough for McCoy. So I do think in uh, Kansas City, he should actually put up better numbers, at least per attempt. It was clear the Bills also handed him the ball less. There's no doubt he regressed last season. I'm not blaming it all on the Bills and their weapons, their offensive line. I do think some of it was regression by Lashady McCoy. But with that being said, what will this new chance mean for Lashawn McCoy in Kansas City? Also, what does this cutting mean? for the Buffalo Bills and their running backs. It's easy for me. Devin Singletary is the man. Now, Frank Gore, I do think, will get some touches. TJ Yeldon here and there. I do think Yeldon's a bit underrated. I liked what he did in Jacksonville, but their depth chart is now Devin Singletary, Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon, and Senarice Perry, who's on the IR. He probably won't play anyway. But Singletary... 21 years old. He's he's going into his rookie year. He's a third-round pick, 74th overall, so he's got some good value. And we're just going to have to see what he can really do. He's 5'7", 203 pounds. I am taller than this guy is. He is a tiny, tiny guy. I mean, this guy is tiny, tiny. He is small. But 
Just because he's small does not mean he's going to take a small load this year in Buffalo. I do think they picked him in the third round for a reason. They knew. I said it. LaShawn McCoy was going to get cut this time, this season, at some point. I just didn't think it'd be this early. I thought they'd hang on to him, let it, you know, let him play out a few weeks. But now that I saw how poor his stats were, I knew his stats were not very good last season, but I didn't know they were that bad. I thought he had at least 700 yards, maybe five, six touchdowns. 3.5 yards attempt, you know, like something like that. But no, no, it was not that good. So I don't blame them for cutting him this early. Maybe they've liked what they've seen from Singletary. I don't think he's going to come in and be a pro bowler his first year, but I think he could do solid things. They've clearly liked what they've seen from him. Frank Gore, I mean, Gore's clearly aging. We all know that. Uh, I'm not sure how many touches he'll really be able to take. I mean, the guy's 36 years old, and he took a lot of touches at the beginning of his career. I mean, last season, in 2018, this is crazy. These people that just say Frank Gore is just a depth chart back at this point. Last season, he took 156 carries for 722 yards and 4.6 yards per attempt. He just scored no touchdowns over the season. He also had 12 receptions. For 124 yards and one touchdown. But no rushing touchdowns, I mean. Which is just crazy. I mean, I think he might have taken more carries than LaShawn McCoy last season. That is true. And he got more yards. So, Frank Gore, I mean, that that's surprising. I did not know he put that good of uh, staffs up. And then you look at TJ Yeldon. It's kind of just... Uh, maybe I'm overrating what he did in Jacksonville. But last season, 104 attempts... Uh, rushing-wise, 414 yards and a touchdown, four rushing yards per attempt. And then out of the backfield, he had 55 receptions for 487 yards and four touchdowns. So that just shows he's a receiving back, right? I mean, this guy may have had more rushes than he did carries, but he should. I mean, you're not he, uh, he should have more rushes than he did catches. But he had more receiving yards than he did receiving uh, than rushing yards. And he had more receiving touchdowns than he did rushing touchdowns. He's a receiving back. He's going to come in here and round things out for this Buffalo Bills depth chart. I have confidence in what this depth chart can do. Frank Gore is still actually an okay running back. Second option. Uh, Singletary. It's all going to really depend on Singletary, though, because it's, you know, as fine of numbers Frank Gore has put up, and as much as I like TJ Elden, both of them should not be started. So it's really going to lie on what can Devin Singletary do throughout this season. And now we bump things over to the Kansas City Chiefs, if I can pull up their depth chart. And there they are. I was out on the bill, so now I have to switch. But, okay, here we go. Running backs, they now have Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams, and LaShawn McCoy. So, I always, without LaShawn McCoy, their three running backs were Damian Williams, Darrell Williams, and Darwin Thompson. Two of them have the last name of Williams. Three of them have a first name that starts with D-A. Okay, how Damian, Darwin, and Darrell. And then two of them are D-A-R. So that is very confusing. Now they add Lashady McCoy. The deal, in case you were wondering, the contract is a one-year deal worth $4 million. Three mil is guaranteed. Okay, so I feel like this Chiefs depth chart was pretty good running back-wise. I mean, it's tough because Damian Williams, he's 27 years old. 
He took 50 rushes. He had 50 rushes last season for 256 yards and four touchdowns. That's 5.1 yards in attempt. So he was great in his 50 touches, but that's the problem. And then in the postseason, 35 touches for 159 yards, 4.5 yards a carry, two touchdowns. He had uh, a total of 33 receptions on the season for a total of, let me do the quick math, uh, 251 yards, receiving yards, and four touchdowns, uh, regular season and postseason combined. And over his career, he has taken 183 rushing attempts. So he got most of his attempts in his over his career last season. So it's tough. Like, how much trust can you put in this guy? Like, he came in here and showed you flashes of, you know, great things, but just flashes. He's done nothing else really over his career. So it was kind of like, you know what, maybe we'll pick up LaShawn McCoy and hope he can have some success. And I do think he can. I think although LaShawn McCoy is regressing, I do think with that much better passing attempt, uh, passing uh, attack, I do think with all the weapons they have, not only in the backfield, but out of the receivers, they have a much better O-line as well. Like, look, you not only, like, LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo was one of the only weapons that offense had. Now he's in Kansas City where not only do these people have to game plan for Patrick Mahomes' scrambling ability and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins, they also have to game plan for Jamie Williams and possibly Darwin Thompson, who's 22 years old. He's a rookie. He's picked in the sixth round. But he showed us solid things in the preseason, and he could potentially be a guy that gets a few touches each game. And then Darrell Williams. It's really mostly, in my opinion, it's going to be Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, but don't be shocked if Darwin Thompson gets a few touches here and there as well, especially if LaShawn McCoy does not do that well, which could happen. I do think LaShawn McCoy will do a little better this season, at least yards per attempt-wise, just because he's not going to have as big of a load. I think when you're regressing like LaShawn McCoy is and starting to break down, I think less touches will actually help him out, and he's got much more, you know, defenses aren't just game planning towards him. He's got a lot of... uh, there's even guys in the backfield that you, other guys in the backfield that you've got a, a game plan for. When he's in Buffalo, not really, not necessarily what happened. So LaShawn McCoy should have a bit more success in Kansas City. We'll have to see what happens. So now I want to get to the Kiko Alonso trade real quickly before we get to the big three trades that the Texans made. So let's get to that. Okay, so yesterday the Miami Dolphins trading Kiko Alonso to the New Orleans Saints for Vincent Beagle. Okay, it was reported that the Dolphins were planning on cutting Kiko Alonso, not because of talent. Kiko Alonso has been with the Dolphins organization for years now. Few years now. I consider three a good amount of time in our lives at least. NFL standards isn't too long, but he played in Buffalo's first two seasons. Uh he was hurt that second season, didn't play at all, and then he went to Philadelphia in his third season, technically second. But these last three years has been in Miami, and it feels like it's been a little longer than three years, but I consider three years a pretty long time. Uh, but he's with the, been with the organization a solid amount of time, and the talent is clearly not the issue. When you're playing for the Dolphins and you put up three interceptions, six pass deflections, three forced fumbles, and 125 total uh, tackles, but I think the Dolphins just decided it was time to move on. They are in full tank mode. Uh, 
So they decided, you know what, we're going to get rid of him. We're going to go ahead and get rid of Kiko Alonso. And they're planning on just draw, cutting him. Just cutting him overall. Uh, he is making six over $6 million over the next two seasons. So Miami's also trying, probably trying to free up some cap space as well. They figured, you know what, you're a good player, but we're going to cut you to free up some of that cap space. That goes to the Saints. That's the questionable move for the Saints here. I think this is a great move for the Saints. Let me just say they were plan the Dolphins were planning on cutting Kiko Alonso, but then they a trade offer came in. We'll trade Vince Beagle, who is literally a player who's been in the league for two years, going into his third year. He's played for Green Bay in New Orleans in his career. He has 14 tackles and two tackles for loss. He's Really just a depth piece that will rarely get in there to play. He's probably not going to do much. But I think that was both sides' way of saying, let's just give you something. Like, the Saints, I think, sat there and said, we don't, we really like Kiko Alonso. We don't want to risk putting him on waivers and missing out on him. And I think that was the Dolphins' way of saying, yeah, we'll just take a depth piece in return just to get somebody because uh, why not, I guess, is what you could say. But this is a pretty significant move for the uh, Saints. I think this guy's underrated, Kiko Alonso is. I mean, he's a great open... Uh, so, sorry, Mike probably just went like muffled right there. I'm not sure. I mean, this guy can... You know, he's forced three fumbles. The guy can drop back into coverage, three picks and uh, six passes deflected. 125 tackles. This guy can clearly get it done in the open field. I mean, I really like Kiko Alonso. I think he's worth the six mil. I just think for the Saints, they're set at linebacker, and they kind of need to be saving this money, you know, in a way. So I'm surprised they spent it on uh, Kiko Alonso, who some people think may not start over Alex Anzalone. I think he should. Anzalone's a solid young player. I think he's going to his third season. He's 24 years old. I know that one, but I'd start Kiko Alonso personally, uh, middle linebacker. I mean, this guy can just get it done in the open field. He can get it done in coverage. So I just really, I do like Kiko Alonso. I think this is a good trade for the Saints. I'm just not a huge fan of the money that they're going to have to spend because their roster is already so deep. So that's just me quickly getting onto the trade. So now we're going to get to the Texans' big three trades. So let's get to that. Okay, so the first trade I want to get to was the first one that happened yesterday. The Jadavian Clowney trade. <sighs> the Seattle Seahawks received Jadavian Clowney, and the Texans receive a third-round pick, Jacob Martin, in Barkevius Mingo. That is a steal for the Seattle Seahawks. This was a horrible trade for Houston. This was by far Houston's worst trade yesterday. Seattle, on the other hand, made themselves... With this Clowney trade, getting Jadavian Clowney, when healthy, an absolute game-changer of a pass rusher, made themselves one of the best front sevens in the NFL. And with a guy like Clowney, this is really going to patch up the holes that they have in that secondary. Clowney all of a sudden makes that front seven altogether, that pass rush, by far elite. By far, it is elite. Despite losing Frank Clark, they filled that right back in by getting Jadavian Clowney. And I think that is really going to um, patch up, so really pretty much patch up all those holes in that secondary. They may have tr uh, struggles here and there, 
But that defense looks very good, and that secondary is not going to look horrible because of that front seven. Now, my problem with the Seahawks still is, you look at T, like, what are the, you know, the weapons are on Russell Wilson. Like, their running back group as a core is good, but they don't have one really good running back, in my opinion. Their offensive line is horrible. Their wide receiver, who can you name out of their wide receivers outside of Tyler Lockett and, I guess, like, DK Metcalf? Like, I can name some, but, like, seriously. You get my point. Like, Tyler Lockett is an underrated wide receiver, but he's no number one wide receiver, especially when you can't even name their number two. And they don't have a tight end. So, I just – that's just my question. But this still really helps their bid for a playoff spot next year. Not to mention, if he leaves – if the Seahawks decide, you know what? We – Jadavion Clowney only has one year left on the seal. If they decide we don't want to sign him and they let him go in free agency, they get compensatory picks that almost cancels out that third-round pick. So, that means if Clowney leaves, the Seahawks just got one year Jadavion Clowney – for the price of Barkevius, Bingo, and Jacob Martin. Two depth pieces. For a Pro Bowl player. Yeah. And if they decide to keep Clowney, well, they gave a third-round pick with it. So it doesn't matter. It's a steal anyway. If he leaves, it's a steal. If he stays, it is a steal. The Texans really got bamboozled here. I know they had to give up Clowney. I like that they give up Clowney before the season because if you wait two weeks into the season... His trade value continues to go down. But it looked, you know, I feel like they could have pulled off this trade in week eight and still got the same amount of value because they got nothing. Now, I do like Jacob Martin, but he's nothing special. Barkevius Mingo was already busted. Okay, that's already been settled. And that third round pick has value, but it's Davian Clowney we're talking about. And if he leaves, that third round pick's basically canceled out. So that is just a horrible trade for the Texans. Great trade for Seattle. Seattle bamboozled Houston here. There's no doubt about it. And what also made me bad at the time is they didn't address their need of a running back, an offensive lineman, or even a wide receiver. Now, here's my thing with that also. We have to remember, what do the Seahawks have at wide receiver and offensive lineman. Obviously, Tyler Lockett's not going to be part of the deal. They really only could have gave you a running back, and it probably would have been Rashad Penny. So I will give you that. The Seahawks probably didn't have the players at those positions that you wanted. But then you went out and made the Laramie Tunsil trade, where this was a huge trade. And the reason this is so significant as well is you never see a left tackle of Laramie Tunsil's caliber get traded. You just never see it. The Texans received left tackle Laramie Tunsil, wide receiver Kenny Stills, and a fourth-round pick from the Dolphins. The Dolphins received two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and an outside tackle, Julian Davenport. I like Davenport, but he's really just a bench. bench uh, he's a depth piece. He's a depth piece. He probably won't start. But he brings a little bit of potential to the table. This was a solid trade by both sides. Not a steal by either side, but it was a solid trade. Each team... Had a bite the bullet and give up a lot, but they both received a lot in return as well. The Texans get that left tackle they desperately needed. You don't know how much Laramie Tunsil helps this team. Tremendously. Like, this loss to Davian Clowney is going to hurt. That trade hurts, but they this was an amazing trade. Laramie Tunsil is really going to be a game changer for this Texans offense. He is going to... You don't know how much better Deshaun Watson is. For any of you who said he's an MVP candidate, that take looks a whole lot better. Deshaun Watson 
that high, much higher knock on wood, much higher chance of staying healthy now. You know, his blind side will be protected. They still have holes to patch up on that offensive line. But when you fix, when you address left tackle and get a guy like Laramie Tunsil, that that really patches up most of the holes. You've got, you know, maybe a hole or two to patch up still. But, I mean, that that's a game changer for their team. Plus, not to mention, Deshaun Watson may have good scrambling ability, but when he's kept clean in the pocket, he's much better. So this Texan team looks a whole lot scarier, especially Deshaun Watson with Laramie Tunsil. Then you add Kenny Stills. Stills, I am not the biggest Stills fan, won't lie. Uh, but Kenny Stills is a guy who can come in here and be your third wide receiver on the depth chart. And you're probably saying, who's their second? Will Fuller. I love Will Fuller. When Will Fuller is healthy, him and DeAndre Hopkins are one of the best receiving duos in the league. It's just they're never healthy and you never get a good dose of it. Uh, but Kenny Stills, he's 27 years old. Uh, he had six, uh, 37 catches last season, 553 yards, and six touchdowns. So he's solid. That is a solid third receiver to have. And he can step up and be a nice little second receiver. I mean, with DeAndre Hopkins, you don't need anyone spectacular. But this really has up because I felt like before they didn't have wide receiver depth because you don't have a good tight end, and you really only have one other good wide receiver, and that's Will Fuller, and he can't stay healthy. Now you add Kenny Stills, a guy who has been able to stay healthy his whole career. He's, his first season played 16 games, second, 15, then 16, 16, 16, 15. This guy's been able to stay healthy, stay clean. Knock on wood, I'm not rooting for any injuries here. And I think that's huge. You get a healthy, reliable wide receiver because Will Fuller's great and all, but he just can't stay healthy. So that is huge for the Texans. And they got great pieces, then he throw in the fourth-round pick. So you got great players, and the Texans look a whole lot scarier right now. Their offense is at least. Defensively, the loss of Jadavion Clowney hurts. But the, you gave up a ton of your future. Julian Davenport's not going to be anything special, but he's a future offensive lineman that could do something. No next Laramie Tunsil or anything. You gave up a second-round pick and two first-round picks. I thought this was a solid trade by each team because the Texans really set themselves up right now. Not to mention Laramie Tunsil, you know, Laramie Tunsil's like 26. So he's got years left in him. Same with Kenny Stills. So it's not like they gave up future players for players that are going to help them win now. Like they'll help them win now, but not just like now and next year. As long as you hold on to them. So I feel like the Dolphins here give up two players, especially Laramie Tunsil, big players, but you get two first round picks in a second. The Dolphins really set themselves up for the future here. Now, all of a sudden, the Dolphins are even worse than they were because you gave up Kiko Alonso, Kenny Stills, and Laramie Tunsil for Julian Davenport, uh, Bar- what's the scrub, and three picks. So the Dolphins here have set themselves up nicely for the future asset wise with draft picks. That was a big trade. I thought that was an even trade by both sides. Then we move over to the Carlos Hyde trade. Texans are going to receive Carlos Hyde, and they're going to give Kansas City guard Martinez Rankin. Rankin was a former third-round pick. He's really done nothing in the league. But you get Carlos Hyde. Now, I'm not sure what Hyde's going to be able to do. Last season, he had he played 14 games, started seven of them, had 172 rushing attempts, 571 yards, five touchdowns, 3.3 yards per average. It's 10 receptions for 33 yards as well. So he's not going to do much out of the backfield. And he really regressed last season. He's only 28 years old. I mean, he did bounce around, to be fair. Like, his whole career he'd been in San Francisco. Then all of a sudden he was in Cleveland, then Jacksonville. 
So maybe he just needs to settle down, and once we get a few weeks in the season, he'll pump the, pump it up. So, you know, they that uh, these past two trades, they rounded out the day very well. After that horrible Jadavian Clowney trade, they made two good trades right after that, where they address depth at wide receiver, they address offensive line, especially left tackle, and they address running back. I, now, they addressed running back, but I don't think they fixed it. No, I don't think they did. I wouldn't be shocked if they still went after Melvin Gordon. I, well, I wouldn't away, but that's only because I'd be a little shocked just because of after all the assets they gave up. That's probably another second round pick right there for Melvin Gordon if he wants to go there. But you get a guy in Hyde. I don't want to rely on Carlos Hyde to be my starter after the year he had last season. Like the years he had had before were good, but he he even though he's only 28, 29 years old. He's almost he's gonna turn twenty nine and I think next week. So yeah, September twentieth, a few weeks from now. So he's almost twenty nine years old, which is usually when these running backs start to regress. So he's starting to regress. I don't want to rely on him to be my starter. Backup, that's fine. Totally fine. If Carlos hides your backup, you're not in a bad spot. But you need a reliable if they get Melvin Gordon and they trade a third and a fifth, they're on all in and that kind of scary. Now if they do that they might just be a lock for the playoffs. But after all that just happened yesterday, I'd say the Texans are a little better. You did lose Jadavian Clowney, okay? The Jadavian Clowney trade hurts you right now, but the Laramie Tunsil trade, the Carlos Hyde trade helps you. And overall, after the end of the day, I'd say your defense is a little worse, your offense is much better. Round it out, the Texans are a better team, okay? I think the Texans are a better team than they were last season. Will they finish with the better record? Bearing injury, I think they should. Especially with the Colts. But again, the Jaguars, I think, are going to have a better year. You'll hear my predictions. Maybe I'll switch things up. I don't know. But overall, I mean, those were one bad trade and two good ones. I mean, they stole Carlos Hyde. The Laramie Tunsil trade was risky, but overall a solid one. It's risky just because of the amount of assets you gave up. And then the JV and Clowney trade was horrible. That was unacceptable. It would have been nice if they got more for Clowney. It would have been nice if they made it. Because if you make that good Clowney trade, all of a sudden, you know, it feels like, you know, you're sitting there with three grapes and one of them sour. You know, it just stinks that they had to kind of ruin that. But Texans, they were, this was a very busy day. If you're a Texans fan, if you're a Texans reporter, you took an off day. Oh, that, how horrible would that be? You're a Texans reporter. And you just took that day off. You know, you should have known stuff was going to happen. I should have known stuff was going to happen with the 53 men cuts. But you took that day off. Oh, that would would be horrible. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Again, NFL predictions are going to come. We'll touch up on the Red Sox sometime in these next few episodes. Not really too eager to get to them. I gotta get to some NBA too, because I know you guys are those NBA fans. Right now, it's just the dry season in the NBA. We got about a month and a half to the season starts. I'm just all NFL right now, right? You know, let's touch up on the Red Sox. Like the Bruins, NHL, they started this a month away. That in the NBA, I kind of got in a box sitting in the back, and hopefully, I can get to the NBA sometime in the next week and a half at least one topic on the NBA but there's just there's nothing to talk about right now in the NBA there's nothing significant going on I want to do some previews for the every NBA team heading into next season I'll get my like predictions out there as well 
some point, but no time soon. I'm just in NFL mode right now. So thank you guys for listening in. Colin and the Anchor mobile app, send in a voice message. What do you want to talk about? Any questions, any comments, any takes, you name it. Call in on the Anchor mobile app. Uh, and then also follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces for podcast alerts. Uh, for collabs and sports content on there as well. Again, that's at After the Buzz of Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.